It's wonderful to see you guys this morning. Uh, this topic, uh, you know, every time I get to another one of the attributes of God, I think this must be the hardest one to talk about, and I think this one is. So, I'll pray, and then we'll read, and then we'll, we'll learn about the holiness of God. That's okay. So bow your heads with me, please, as we pray. Oh God, you are, are mighty and awesome. You're creator of everything. Um, in you, we live and move and have our being. God, I pray that, that this morning we will realize how much more there is to know about you. Um, this morning, as we as we hear about you, we'll realize evermore that you don't give your glory to another that you're unchanging, and you're altogether different than anything we could ever see or experience other than seeing and experiencing you. So God, I just pray that you will bless this time, and you'll speak this time, and we'll see you and hear from you. In your name, amen. Isaiah 6, 1-7. It was in the year of King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man, and I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. So this, this is a, a good passage for us to start time with the holiness of God with, because you start reading it, and, and all of a sudden, you, you're not familiar with your surroundings. You hear about strange creatures. You hear about a strange place with an honor for God that, that carries for all eternity that just seems to be altogether different than our perspective. And that's exactly what the holiness of God is. It's something altogether different than anything we have ever seen or experienced. That's what holiness means. Holiness means to be different. And so when the angels, here the seraphim and the cherubim, they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What they're singing is, God, you're different, you're different, you're different. You're, you're, you're set apart. You're something other than everything else. And that's what God is. God is something very different than anything else. And so with all the other attributes we've talked about, we love, faithfulness, power, goodness, severity, all these things we feel like we have immediate knowledge of. We've experienced love before. We've experienced goodness before. We've seen power before. But then with the holiness of God, <laughs> there's nothing. I, I kept trying to think of examples, 
And I kept thinking, what, what do I, what can I use as an example of the holiness of God? If I did a comparison, like, this is a small dog, this is a big dog. Right? Or, this is America, that is Asia. Right? Anything that I could try and say, like, these are sort of the same but different. Right? There's nothing about God and us that relates in holiness, other than the places that God reaches and makes holy. Holiness only comes when something is put in relationship with God. That's the only time holiness ever comes to anything else other than God, is when it's in relationship with God. So here we are. We've started seeing this strange place. And, and so I'll, I'll back up and I'll tell you a story to begin. And, and this... This is the difficulty that we, we take into this task. When I was in college, I, I thought my dad would share a college story last week. I'll share a college story this week. When I was in college, my freshman year, uh, first month, I was on the track team, the cross-country team, and we were hanging out at this house, and we were going go to go to a pizza parlor in town, Sella's. Some of you guys are familiar with that. And it was across campus, so everyone drove, and me and this girl walked, scandalous, just me and a girl, and we were walking across campus, and we were about a half mile from Sellas. And she turned to me and she said, Daniel, who's God? Yeah, right? And I, I was shocked. She wasn't, she wasn't a Christian, but she wanted to know who God was. And I'd grown up in a Christian home and had learned about Jesus my whole life. And yet when she said, who is God? I <laughs> didn't know what to say. And part of me, there was so much coming to mind. There's so much in the Bible that God is explaining about himself. But this barrier between us being able to immediately just say, here is God, is this holiness barrier? Is this, I can't just begin by, by referencing her experiences. When I'm telling her about God, it might be something that she has never heard before. Because God is, God is holy, God is different. It says without holiness, in, in Hebrews 12, 14, it says, Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So it's impossible to even see God unless you are holy. But then, right, the only way we can be holy is if God extends that relationship to us. So we're in this spot where, where holiness requires God himself to be a part of the equation. Um, so I'll work at defining it here really quickly. Uh, God's holiness means God is inaccessible, unless he makes himself accessible. God is separate unto himself in his goodness, purity, truth, in his very nature he is distinct unto himself. That means God is, get this, God is not an angel, God is not a human, God is not an alien. All those things are something that we can create or is material. God is none of those things. God is altogether different than those things. 
And there are things that we see in our own life that we call holiness, but yet can fall very short because they don't have a relationship with God at different points. Get this. These are things that we consider great, but yet they don't reach true holiness. Um, We can say knowledge. We have people who have their whole lives studied the scripture, and so they're filled with knowledge about God, yet that is not true holiness. We have people that their profession is to talk about God, yet they have no holiness in their lives. A good example of that is, is Judas Iscariot, right? He, he stayed with Jesus for three years. And, and there was nothing in those, that time that anyone could point him out and be like, you're the one going to betray him. No one could tell the difference, yet he was not living a holy life. Doing things that appear religious or spiritual does not mean that you are holy and that you can see God. We have monks. We have people of all religions. We have even people that, even in the Bible, that, that would be considered, uh, or took on the title prophet, yet they had not holiness in their lives. Uh, moral or outward uh, respectability does not mean that we're holy. Simply because somebody does right things does not mean they're holy. There is the, the rich young ruler in the Bible. He came to Jesus and he said, I have kept all the commandments. And yet that was not the standard by which holiness is, is achieved. Coming to hear preaching does not make you holy. So being here today does not mean that you are somehow holy. Uh, keeping company with good people doesn't necessarily mean that you will be holy. You have this example in the Bible of Demas. He spent a lot of time with Paul. But, but it said he loved the world still. Right, so simply being a person that, that hangs out maybe at a church doesn't mean that you are holy. So what does it mean that someone can be holy and that God is holy? It means that all these attributes, because these, the things that I mentioned, are things that we would call good things. Some can be good, right? <laughs> but not be holy because only in a relationship with God, a relationship that is encountering God, can somebody be holy. Um, a book that Danny let me borrow, the one he read earlier, there was a quote in it that I thought was great. It says, Christianity is not a prescription of behavior, but a holy encounter. So Christianity isn't merely saying, do these things, and if you don't do them, then you're unholy. But it is an actual encounter with God himself that is what makes somebody holy. It's actually living in relationship with God that is it that will make you holy. But what this looks like is something very different than... um, than we see oftentimes. And I'll, I'll tell you, this is, this is what it looks like oftentimes. Say, so if I walked in here late, say I was supposed to start preaching now, but I, I just walked in, and you said, where, where were you? 
And I told you, well, I was driving here and my tire fell off. And so I went and got it and I, I was putting it back in the car. And then all of a sudden, one of the, the lug nuts rolled in the road and I went to grab it and I got hit by a Mack truck. And, and I, I got up and brushed myself off. And, and so now it took me a little longer. Right? You guys would be like, that is a lie. And say, how, well, how do you know that's a lie? And you say, well, if you got hit by a Mack truck, you would not be standing here in front of me. Correct? would be what we'd assume. But this is what we do. Most of us would come on a Sunday morning and say, we're going to encounter God. We're going to be in his presence. And yet not understanding that God, the holy God of the universe, is somebody that we tremble before. Because right? he is... He is holy, he is separate, because this is what it looked like in the Bible. Moses encounters the burning bush, and what does it say? God says, take off your shoes because you are standing on holy ground. Isaiah, what what happened when he saw this holiness of God? He trembled and he says, he said, I am undone. He said, "I, I I will not last because I've seen God and I am a sinful man. And I live among the sinful people. And so when I see God, I realize that, that I can't be in his presence. We are far too casual thinking that we can just be in the presence of God. That somehow God is honored by our presence. Right? That we come and God is honored because there's more and more people every week. That doesn't impress God. God impresses us and that's why we come. Right? It has to be that way. book of Daniel, uh, the, the Lord comes to him and he speaks, and Daniel falls down weak. He can't even get up. An angel has to pick him up and set him on his feet and say, listen to this. Because he just couldn't stand there. <laughs> the armies of the Lord. <laughs> the disciples in the boat, Mark 4, and this is a good example for us. They are going across the water. There's a storm. And they're terrified of the storm. And they think Jesus doesn't care about him. They wake Jesus up. He calms the storm just by saying, hush, be still. And all of a sudden it says they are terrified and they say, who is this? They had been with Jesus a long time, but they had never known his holiness like they had at that point. And that's what... I, we want to see happen to us that a lot of us have been with Jesus, but yet the holiness of God is not something that has brought us to the point of saying, God, in your presence, I am sinful. Right? You are holy, I am not. So when they saw the holiness of Jesus, simply by him getting up and saying, hush, be still, they said, he commands even the winds and waves. Who is this? And we forget oftentimes that that's what he does. The centurion on the cross, he had, he had actually crucified, at the cross, he had actually crucified Jesus, partaken in that. And then at the moment where Jesus died and said, it is finished, and the earthquake happened, the, the uh, world became dark and shrouded in clouds, and he says, oh, this is the Son of God out of terror. He said, this must be the Son of God. 
Right? These are holy encounters. These are encounters with the holiness of God that change us. Uh, encounter John had in the book of Revelation, really similar to Daniel, where he comes and it says he just fell down like a dead man. That's just what happened. He couldn't control himself. He just fell down. And he couldn't even stand in the presence of God. But why is it that, that this is not our common experience? When this in the Bible is the way that God is um, best known by, His holiness. This Holy, holy, holy is the only word used three times in a row to describe God. And that's something, as Danny talked a few weeks ago, is very important in Hebrew uh, literature. If you say it twice, it's an emphasis. The example given was, if there's a pit, and it's a very deep pit, you wouldn't say deep pit, you'd say pit, pit. So holy, 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 it just never happened. People didn't repeat things three times, but God was so apart from us. It mentions it three times. It mentions it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And it's the only attribute of God that is esteemed like that. And yet we treat him so carelessly. Why do we do that? And I think this is one of the reasons why. One of the reasons why is because we equate God with with our best thought. Right, so this is the common idea of a higher power is that we just we think of the best things, like all of our favorite things, and then we say that is like God. And so God is the best thing we can think about, and we think that's honoring him because he's the very best thing that we can think about. But does that honor God? Well, maybe some of us can think of better things than other people can. Right? And that's changing. So God isn't the best thing you can think of. God is God. There is no other. Apart from Him, there is no God. He is holy. He is distinct. So how do we know Him? Well, we know Him because of His revelation to us, what He tells us about Himself. And only by His language to us, His articulation to us, can we actually know Him and know Him as He is holy but what he speaks to us is not always what we want to hear. Isaiah, just the presence of God, right? He said, I'm a sinful man. First John says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Habakkuk 1.13 says, Oh God, you are pure, and you cannot stand out of evil. And so when, when God reveals himself as holy... The reason why that's so hard is because it's not that we always meet that standard of holiness. But God calls us again and again in the Bible. Uh, you can hear it in the Old Testament and then in Peter it says, Be holy because I am holy. And so how do we do that? How do we, um, how do we be holy as he is holy? And yet, and not, not lose these different points, what that means. In 1 Corinthians, uh, we begin learning what this means for us. In 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and then 30 through 31, he says, I'm writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. You guys are being called to this. 
He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their own God. God united you, God united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. God made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Therefore, as scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. And this is Ephesians. It's beautiful. Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And this is beautiful. So he gave up his life to make the church clean by washing it according to his word. So how do we stand in the presence of a holy God? Well, how we do it is we come through Christ who makes you holy. And, and I know this is, this is probably the, the part of the holiness of God teaching that we get most often. Um, and so we're going to jump right from that into, so why do we take this for granted so often? Right? So we as a church, we live as a people that, that hear about the holiness of God, but all of a sudden we just bring it down to this very easy level. It's a very easy level of holiness. Um, so there's, there's three questions we're going to ask, and then we'll wrap up. The first is, in view of what God has done for you in Christ, are you holy? Are you yourself holy this very day, or are you not? Right? And why this is a very, very good question is because many claim Jesus, but they're not holy. So simply because we, we say things with our mouths, and this is, this is something that's very easily understood because we see it so much. How is it that we can say, I believe in Jesus, but then not have this holy experience of God? Because we equate it so much with what we are just associated with. Right? So I read holy books. I spend time with holy people. Yet, we don't actually come to God himself. So are you today holy? The the real question is, are you actually pursuing God himself? Are you just pursuing these things that that you think surround him? Right? Because if you actually go to God himself, you will learn so much about what the Bible is saying to you. Right, when it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We have surrounded ourselves with things. We have allowed ourselves to, to participate in things that we know are unholy, but yet we think we're holy because I've heard the gospel before. And, and this is really clear in our lives. When I mean, think, these are very common examples, but think of the, the movies we watch, right? Or the things that we let come out of our mouths or what we speak to one another. Right? Are these things holy? Are you holy today? Because it's not merely a matter of what you say you believe, but it is a matter of what you do. Justification is by faith. But that has profound effects in your life. And you have to know that. You have to know, if you aren't walking in a manner that's holy to God, you will not see God. 
Because so many are saying, I, just, I don't know why I don't communicate with God, or why I don't see God, or why, why God seems so far away, is because the practice of our lives is unholiness. And this is what Diedrich Bonhoeffer called cheap grace. When we, when we just say, okay, well, grace covers me, so I'm holy, without realizing happiness in God is living in a manner that's pleasing to him. There is, uh, in, in Matthew 25, you have the, the verses about the sheep and the goats. And, and many, it says many will come in that day and say, Lord, Lord, when he's separating at the end of times, who will go to heaven and who will not? And it says many will say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I never knew you. And why? It says because of what they did and didn't do. And that's not, that's not something we hear said often, Because we spend so much time in justification, which means I'm saved through faith. And we spend no time with sanctification, which means I'm growing in that grace. So we never allow it to say, yeah, these things are testable. A good example of this is one of my favorite music artists, Keith Green. Uh, He wrote a song called The Sheep and the Goats about these verses and it was purely taken from the scripture. And he said it's because of what they did and didn't do. And this was, there was this YouTube video of him playing it live. And somebody posted underneath it in the comments. You should never read comments. They just make you angry. Somebody posted, Keith Green does not understand the gospel of justification by faith alone. Okay? But what that person did is they were so fat on theology that they hadn't actually read the Bible. And the Bible said it's by what they did and didn't do. Right? If you love me, you will receive people in that are poor and are needy, and you'll try to clothe them, you'll try to feed them. You'll go visit people in jail. You'll do things. Why? Because God is holy. And because your life has, has started just seeing him and wanting to please him and seeing that he is good and he is righteous. Right? And his standards are up here and we're down here. And so when we see him, we just say, Oh God, how can I just participate in your life? Right, so it changes us. Right? We, we can't ever say anymore, well, I got hit by a Mack truck and not have bruises or broken bones or a coffin to show for it. Right? So we can't say, I know God, I love God, I'm in a relationship with the holy God and live unholy lives. It seems, it seems fairly simple, Right? It's just that hasn't, that hasn't been the pattern in teaching of, of so many churches because that's just hard. And we've forgotten that the, the gate is narrow. And just we live on this broad road of I can do whatever I want and I'm in the kingdom. And that's it's not true. It's not true at all. Second question, do you think you feel the importance of holiness as much as you should? I think that's a great question for us to ask. Do we in our lives feel like holiness is important? Or do we feel like I can just fall back? Oh, I did something wrong and I just fall back on, on just saying... Has, has things that you do stopped causing grief in your heart? Um, and maybe you can remember back to a time and it, it did. And as you kept saying, no, I'm going to do this anyway. And eventually you become numb to it. You just don't care anymore. Right, so is holiness as important to us as it should be? 
I'm just keeping before us that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so it isn't creating this, this, uh, this strange holiness standard, but it's, it's wanting to be in the presence of God. Right? Because many of us go through these times where we go, why aren't my, why didn't it seem like my, my prayers aren't reaching God? Why does it seem like... And we've never come to the point of saying, well, how am I approaching God? So what are you willing to do about it? Is a third question. Really, practically, what are you willing to do about it? Because um, I know, especially my, my generation, we are famous for making fun of other generations that tried to do things that were holy. Right? We, we joke about right, the, the old movements where people would like break their CDs and burn their books or whatever they do. You know? Because we were, Nate and I were talking last time, because we were mature than that, right? Like being more mature allows you to be more unholy and it not affect you. It's not true. Just because you're more mature doesn't mean you can watch crummy movies. It doesn't mean that at all. Being holy doesn't mean I'm only going to watch G-rated movies. Right? It doesn't mean that either. It's not. Remember, it's not. Being a Christian is not following a practice of behaviors, but it's having a holy experience with God Himself. And so it is. It's not this standard like, like I'm only gonna. <laughs> If any movie has the F word in it more than five times, then it's unholy. It's, you don't rate it like that. It's not the way it works. Right? So just throw that system out. I'm not asking you to go around and just be like nitpicky about your life. But to live such a life where you're saying, God, I want to be in a relationship with you, and that's more important to me than anything else. And, and that to be your standard. If that is your standard, you will not go wrong. I guarantee it. It doesn't have to be the standard of, <laughs> of our, our own efforts. It really has to be people who read their Bibles, take time to do that, take time to listen to Him. So sanctification, and growing, which means growing in holiness, that taking place in our lives... 2 Corinthians 7.1, it says, because we have these promises, he's talking about the promises that God will fulfill all our needs and God will satisfy us. Since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. So as a church, let's do that. In view of the promises of God, because what he's... He said, I will certainly do this if you will be a people that come after me. I will heal your land. I will. Right? And so we claim the promise of God and saying, God, since we fear you, we're going we're gonna to live holy lives. Will this be easy? No. Right? Simply because in your mind you're like, I will never say anything mean again. It does not mean... The next time you see that person that just gets on your nerves, you're going to be, I just love you. I don't know why today I love you, and yesterday I didn't. Right? It doesn't work like that. Right? It might not be the next time some, your buddies are like, uh, let's, go, you know, let's go to this place. And, and you, 
It doesn't mean all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just don't want to go. Right? I will say too, and Nate and I were talking about this last night, uh, it doesn't mean that you won't do certain things. Like, for example, um, God could call you to be a witness for himself in certain places that are unholy. Right? But you have to be very careful with this, right? In the presence of the body, in the presence of you just living an open life and an open testament before him, doesn't mean we live in Christian cul-de-sacs, right? So it's not like someone's like, I bought 20 acres, let's just build houses on it, and then we'll just have a holy community. That isn't what it's like. You're living in a world that's, that's filled with, with people that because God is holy, they don't see him. And that's probably your most common experience is just living in a world where people are just like, I don't see God. I can't see him in a microscope. I can't see him when I open the Bible. And it's really because without holiness, you can't see God. Right? The, the Christian knows that. They should. So, so how do we live in the world? Well, we live in the world by seeking God and pursuing him and saying, God, may you reveal yourself through me because I'm living. I'm living in such a way that if I'm walking to a pizza place, someone could say, who is God? Right? As random as that is. Right? I, and it's, it's strange the way God brings... In college, I had a, a guy emailed me that I played peewee baseball when I was eight years old and said, like, God used me in his life. Right? And I was like, I didn't even know that. Right? But at a, at a young age, it, honestly, even, I didn't struggle with it then like I do now is... Holiness, because I was raised in a Christian home, it was something that was a delight to me when I was younger. And, and it became harder for me in college, way harder for me. But, but you don't know how God's going to use you when, you when you take a stand for him. You really don't. Because you will live in such a way that the world just won't understand you. So don't expect it to. So it will be hard, but, but do it. Why? Because with holiness, you will see the Lord. And that is something that's far more beautiful, far more worthy, and far more satisfying than anything else you have ever experienced. Um, we're going to wrap up with Psalm 51. If you'll turn there with me. And this is where we, we stand right now and where we can go from here. Psalm 51 was written by King David after he had had an, uh, an affair with Bathsheba and then killed her husband. Right? The, bad. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. And Nathan the prophet had come to him and... And guys, this is serious, because he had no remorse in his heart. And Nathan the prophet came to him and he told him this story of a, a family who had taken in a little lamb. And they had raised it and become part of the family and stayed in the house. And they lived on the property of a rich man. And the rich man came one day and said, I, and he, this rich man had tons of sheep. But he, he came one day and said, I have a visitor and I'm going to take your lamb. So he took the lamb and and he, he used it to feed his visitors, even though he had a lot of sheep. And 
Nathan said, what should we do to this man? And David said, kill him. And then at this point, Nathan said, you are that man. Right? And so I think this is usually how we approach the holiness of God, is we hear about it, and we, we feel sometimes really self-justified, really. And this was, when I was studying for this sermon, this is what it was like for me. All of a sudden, I started seeing, like, areas of pride in my life. Honestly, where, where I began by saying, well, how do I explain holiness? And all of a sudden, by then, I, guys, I'm with you sitting here saying, like, God, I'm, I'm unworthy. I really, really, really am unworthy to be in your presence. Because just like Nathan swung on David and said, you are that man, we have to stand in that, that position today where we are the people that are doing the things that displease God. We have been. That's been a pattern of our lives. So what do we do? And this is David's response. Psalm 51, he says, Have mercy on me, O God, because your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sins, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight, and you will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb. Teach me wisdom, even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be watered in snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep me looking at my sin. Don't keep looking at my sin. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. So when there, that, that is our response. So I, I challenge you guys, I really do, if you've never had the experience of saying, God, when I see you, I see my sin, I just want to be different because of that. God, I want to, I want to share in your life. And maybe you're at the point where you say, after you've asked yourself those questions, you're, I, I, I feel like I can't. I feel like I can't participate in his life. Come to this point of David saying, God, create me a clean heart, and please renew, even in me, a willing spirit to be a part of your holiness. Because maybe even my willingness to be a part of your holiness isn't there. God, don't cast me away. But renew to me the joy as you make me clean. Guys, pursue it. There are things in all of our lives that, that we need to take to God and just say, am I living holy? And there are things that are hindrances to us and we have to cast them aside. Because if we don't, we won't see God. So pray with me, please. But Father, God, I, I pray that you'll, you'll even now show us your glory, God, show us your holiness. Because for some of us, maybe all of us, it's been so long since we had enough conviction to actually kneel when we prayed. Just say, God, you are, you're high and exalted.
You are God, and I am, I am human. And you made me to be a part of you, but I just don't feel like I'm a part of you because I've done so much that, that has taken me away from you. God, I, I just pray over the body today, over the church, that, God, you will bless us with a fresh side of your holiness. God, there will be no compromise in our lives. We won't want anymore. We want to live for you. God, thank you that because of you we can be holy. And you just don't leave us in an unholy place. But when we call out to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all our unholiness. God, we need you so much. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.